What if we, the members of the Cool Moms Club, decided to change it to the Kind Moms Club? Whether you're wearing Vans or driving one, whether you're baking bread or just trying to make some on the side, whether your crafts involve pipe cleaners or beer, you're welcome here. Let's stop giving advice that no one actually asked for and start giving encouragement. Let's let mom's mom and mother's mother and lift each other up while we rock this motherhood thing together. So you're a cool mom, huh? Well, are you down to be a part of Kind Moms Club? Hi moms, welcome to the very first episode of Kind Moms Club. I am so excited to be doing this and so happy you're here. I also want to wish you a very happy Valentine's Day because I had the people vote on my Instagram and we voted for episodes to drop every Tuesday and it felt fitting for this very first episode to drop on Valentine's Day, February 13th. So Happy Valentine's Day to all my moms listening. Let me kick off this episode with a little explanation. So I started this podcast literally for fun, for me, and by extension for my daughter, because she has given me the courage and just a whole new outlook on life. I think any mom can relate to that. And... I just want to do more things just for fun and not take life too seriously, you know? So with that, this podcast is just for fun. (laughs) And whatever it might turn into, if it encourages a mom out there, if it helps someone, if it makes you feel like we're besties. Hey girl, we are. (laughs) And whatever else might happen with this podcast and where it goes. Um, It's just for fun. And it's kind of like a little love letter to myself and to my daughter. And for this first episode, it felt right for me to make it kind of all about my journey to motherhood. Because first of all, it wasn't an easy one. And second of all, I don't think I have even had time or the space to process all that it took to get here. And I don't think there's a single soul other than my husband that knows kind of the full story. And so this episode's a little vulnerable for me. And I'm doing this for myself. And like I said, for my daughter. Um, So let's get into it. Going back as far as I can remember, literally since day one, I have always had struggles with my cycle. I had absolutely god-awful periods and that's just been commonplace, like that's part of my life. And the gynecologist that I saw growing up in Maryland was the same one that my mom and my grandmother saw. And 
he was a male doctor and I just remember constantly telling him about this and basically in my time seeing him there were two solutions I'm putting that in air quotes for you the first one was to get on birth control so I started taking the pill long before I was ever sexually active for you know the hopes that it would improve my period and I think that that is a really common story which is sad and I will say at this point in my life I feel confident in saying I will not be on birth control most likely ever again it just it's terrible for your body uh, the second solution was to give me super strong prescription strength ibuprofen for cramps. And that was it for years, those two things. So eventually in January of 2012, I would have just turned 20. I moved to South Carolina and of course, you know, got a new doctor. So when you get a new doctor, you know, you go through your whole history and everything. And so I explained to her kind of, you know, exactly what I just said, to which she was absolutely appalled and went through the process with me over the next couple of years to basically land me. I tried a bunch of different birth controls, you know, and none of it. None of it helped and eventually got an endometriosis diagnosis. And while it was really great to have an answer like, oh, here's the rhyme or reason of why I've been experiencing this for years. First of all, it was sucky that it took this long. And two, it was even more sucky that there was no resolution it was just like, hey, you have this. That's not good. Sorry. <laughs> and that was that. And I was on my way. And so for years, I just accepted, like, I have endometriosis. I suffer with these symptoms. And that's where I am. Eventually, I'm fast forwarding through a lot of details here, but, you know, the mundane. So... Eventually, my husband and I decided that we wanted to start a family. And so I talked this over with my doctor. And, you know, of course, the first step is to get off birth control and just kind of let your body detox from that before you actually start trying. I took my very last birth control pill on March 31st of 2020. And if you have a story similar to mine, you might know why I have the exact date of that happening because it just knowing that and tracking things like that was a huge part of my story. So anyway, took my last birth control March 31st and then a couple months later, we decided to move to Florida. So once again, a new doctor. When I got to Florida and I got this new doctor, um, she's actually still my current OBGYN, so happy ending with this one. <laughs> I told her the whole rundown of everything, basically, that had taken place, and, 
you know, she was up to speed and okay, great. You're detoxing from birth control, you know, blah, blah, blah. She wanted to see how my body reacted without all that toxicity basically in my body before moving forward with anything. So we wait our X amount of time before we start trying to conceive. And then when we do, nothing happened. Now, based on where I am today, I will say that this first round of trying to start a family was very low pressure, low stakes. We weren't doing all the things. We were just, you know, letting it happen kind of thing. So when letting it happen led to nothing happening, after months and months and months, I went back to my doctor and she's like, okay, normally I wouldn't pursue this after, you know, less than a year because that's the proverbial cutoff time for when OBGYNs start to consider there might be a problem because conception can take a while. So because of my history, she wanted to run some tests. So there were a few tests run, one of which being an internal ultrasound, which I'd never had. And there were some interesting results. My doctor comes back and tells me, so it's just her and I in the room, and she comes back and she tells me that I have a gigantic tumor in my ovary. This tumor is benign, thankfully, but it is so big that it is, it's misshaping basically everything internally to the point that nothing could get through. So conception was basically impossible for me because this tumor was so big, the biggest she'd ever seen, she remarked. And I was really devastated that I didn't get like a gold medal or a trophy or anything for that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, there, there was basically no way for me to conceive. Nothing's getting through. So my options were to just, you know, carry on or to have major abdominal surgery to remove this. And that would likely improve my chances as a result. Basically, as soon as I was recovered, you know, I would have an increased chance of infertility because I have cysts on my ovaries and just, you know, a number of problems. So, you know, at this point and where we were as a couple and where I was in my journey, the surgery was the only option. So after I took the time to process this news, which was at the time so devastating for me and so scary and just, I had no, there was no rhyme or reason why did this happen to me? What would prevent it from happening again? Nothing. Um, I actually, I actually already have uh, cysts again and the growth is there. My doctor was able to see that. Um, We'll we'll get into that later in the story. Anyway, so my doctor only is at the hospital on Thursdays. 
just a little fun fact tidbit that you'll need to refer back to later. So as a teacher, I scheduled my surgery for the Thursday when Christmas break started. That way I could spend the majority of my recovery time over Christmas break and not miss a lot of school, which looking back on that now, LOL. Very selfless of me. Great job. Love that for me. (laughs) But anyway, so I had surgery on the 17th of December in 2020, which was the third Thursday in the month of December. To put this surgery in layman's terms, I will explain it to you the simple way that my OBGYN explained it to me. I had a C-section, but instead of getting a baby afterward, I just was removing this tumor from my body. The surgery was exactly the same. The team was exactly the same. The experience, all the things, recovery, all of it, exactly the same as a C-section, just without the baby. So I had the surgery, went through the recovery process. Everything went smoothly. Great. Recovered. And now it's like, okay, so now I'm in my increased chance of conception time. So we start trying. This time around, when I say we were trying, I mean we were trying. Tracking my cycle. Tracking literally anything and everything you could possibly think of. <laughs> if you've been in this situation, you understand what I mean. Um, taking my temperature, taking ovulation tests. I mean, just the works, all the things. And that went on for a year. To clarify, my husband and I are very ready to start our family. And this surgery, for me personally, one of the most devastating reasons was I have to delay starting my family because I have to have the surgery, then recover from the surgery before I can even start trying again. And then now we're resetting the clock on how long this is going to take. Just, it was a really dark time. And it just kept getting darker because all this effort and nothing was happening. So during this time, you know, it's like, okay, it's been a year. So now, in addition to the year we've already spent, now I'm another year into this, basically. And I have nothing to show for it. So I go to my doctor and she's like, yes, we need to get serious here. So she starts with my husband. It's a lot easier to get answers on the male side of things. So my husband is a good sport, of course, and goes and gets all of the testing done on his end. Everything turns out great. No surprising news, no anything that we weren't expecting. Everything's good. Fertility's great. Awesome. So that leaves me. So while, of course, I'm overjoyed that, you know, everything's great with my husband. That leaves me. So my body doesn't work correctly. It's basically the the theme of the journey here is how I'm feeling at this point. I'm the failure. My body doesn't work right. 
I may never have a family of my own. And that was such a grieving process that I had to go through. So it was at this point that I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility. And unless you've heard a doctor say that to you, I don't think you can understand what it feels like because you're already feeling so hopeless. And for a doctor to tell you that what's going on with you has no explanation is just, I mean, the full gambit. It's devastating. It's frustrating. It's angering. It's so many things. And just hearing that you have unexplained infertility, it was like the nail in the coffin for me. So now it's my turn to get all the tests done. And it was at this point that my doctor was really kind of talking to me about all the places this could go, all the fertility options. And I, it was kind of like I'm in a daze or a haze or a fog at this point because she's talking to me about IUI and IVF and adoption and all these things. And it's like, how is this my reality right now? And I've personally been touched by all of those things. I have family and friends who have been through all three of those things and other options. And I don't think they're less than, but I think when that becomes your story, it's a grieving process when you had the full expectation of starting your family a certain way. And now that story is different. And I felt sorry for myself truly. And that was kind of where I had to start in order to change that. I, for not the first time in my life, I had to hit rock bottom before I could go anywhere upward and grow and get better from there. So the first test or step was an HSG. And so my husband, all of his testing and stuff was kind of late 2021. And so in the new year in 2022, I was calling the fertility clinic the same place that I would potentially have fertility treatments in the future. And we were kind of playing phone tag back and forth and finally got this HSG scheduled for, I believe, the second week of May. And I'm terrified because I've heard nothing but how painful this is. And while, of course, we're all hopeful that this will give answers, it still might not. And that was frustrating, of course. But, you know, so now I'm just basically playing the waiting game. So we are still trying throughout this whole time and um, waiting for my appointment. And as someone who's tracking our cycle, I'm using a cycle tracking app to keep track of everything. And, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, it's time to take a pregnancy test. I've taken a million I don't have an exact count, and I will say there are plenty of women who do. I don't have an exact count of how many pregnancy tests I had taken up to this point, but it was a lot. 
And of course, they were all negative. So my app's like, you know, it's time to take a pregnancy test. And I didn't do that every time the app told me because sometimes I just couldn't hang. I'm like, I just know it's going to be negative. So I'm just not going to. I'll just wait for my period to show up, you know, whatever. And I took it knowing that it would be negative. But it wasn't. I didn't get to have like one of those cool videos of being shocked that it was positive because I didn't set up a camera. First of all, that was the furthest thing from my mind, but I, I really expected it to be negative. So why would I film that? And it was just so routine to me. It wasn't an eventful thing and it was positive and I haven't been emotional this entire time until now. <clears throat> and my husband is sleeping. This is like, uh, what day of the week? Hold on, I'm going to look. It's a Sunday. I literally just looked. It was May 1st. It was a Sunday. And my husband's still sleeping. And unbeknownst to him, I had already made like a custom onesie for just such an occasion. And this thing had been shoved in the back of my closet for so long, still in the packaging. And I had truly had given up on the thought of ever using it. And like, I couldn't even unpackage it to look at it when we moved. So it was literally still just like wadded up in the packaging. So I take out this extraordinarily wrinkled onesie <laughs> and I literally ironed it took the pregnancy test and that up to my office where I did like my morning routine, trying to make this as normal as possible for my husband. And um, so he comes upstairs, you know, to find me when he wakes up and that's sitting there. And I'm not kidding. He literally fell over. And yeah, it just changed everything. I, that's the understatement of the year, but I mean, I have a whole podcast about it. Basically motherhood, you know, changed me, but I just so distinctively remember that moment and how wild it was for me. So I am blessed beyond words to be able to say that my story had a happy ending and that we're not at the end of my story because it's still ongoing. Um, I had to and will have to have a C-section at 37 weeks because of my surgery. So that's the only option for me to give birth is 37 weeks to the day during pregnancy, have a C-section. So just for shits and giggles, um, <laughs> as a teacher, I always planned for my pregnancy to result in a birth in or around like May, late May, early June, middle of May. Whenever the end of the school year was in whatever place I was teaching at the time, that's when I thought I'd have a baby. And I knew that that was like ridiculous. Like you're planning this and you can't plan this, but I still had high hopes, you know? And as they say, you make plans and God laughs and boy, did he, <laughs> I got pregnant, you know, in May. So well, I got pregnant in April, but you get the idea. So 
do the math here, 37 weeks. Um, and so I was going to have a December baby. And for anyone who doesn't know, I am a December baby. My birthday is December 7th. And, you know, Jesus's birthday is also in December. <laughs> and so we had to find, you know, when's the right time to do this. And because it was scheduled, you know, you get to pick your day. But as I've said before, my doctor is only at the hospital on Thursdays. So if I wanted her to be the one to deliver my baby, which who wouldn't, what a redemptive experience for the both of us that, you know, the person that did this surgery, first of all, that figured out what was wrong with me all these years. Um, and, you know, helped me work through it, did my surgery, has guided me through this whole like infertility experience, is going to deliver my baby. So as both fate and God would have it, on the calendar, the Thursday that I would have my baby girl was the 15th of December, 2022, which if you check your calendar is the third Thursday in December. So exactly two years to the day after having surgery and just kind of being in this hole, I get my redemption. And I do want to say, now that kind of the story, the story's over, um, I do want to say that during those dark times and kind of how I said, you know, I had to hit rock bottom, not for the first time in my life to bounce back and rise up from that. I got in the best shape of my life during this time. I took care of myself in ways I hadn't before in life. I learned things about food, about fitness, about wellness, about toxic products and ingredients, and, you know, kind of really ramped up my low tox journey at this point. I mean, I was taking care of me and inside and outside my relationships, my family, my job, all of those things, trying to be the best version of myself so that I could prepare for God to give me this blessing. I wanted her to come into the world to me being the best version of me and my life being as good as it could get so that she had the best when she got here. And I'm really proud of the fact that I feel like I did that and I continue to do that and it's only gotten better. So for anyone who might be listening, who happens to hear this, if you are in a waiting season, there's a reason for it and you're being prepared for what's to come because it's going to be better than you could have ever imagined. Okay, I'm done getting emotional. Had to pause there. <laughs> I'm done getting emotional. Fast forward to today, we're starting a podcast, ladies. And I am, as I said before, so excited to do this, to be here, and so happy you're here. And I just can't wait to talk about all things motherhood, but also like transitioning from a working mom to a stay-at-home mom to a working work-from-home mom 
and, you know, navigating finding mom friends and getting outside your comfort zone and setting boundaries and just all the mom things, the funny things, the messy things, all of it. And I hope you'll come along with me. And I will catch you right back here next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Kind Moms Club. If you love the show, leave me a rating and review. Follow me on Instagram and tune in again next week. Talk to you then, mama.